Splinters of Jade is a thriller podcast and may contain material not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to Splinters of Jade, Legend of the Five Rings role playing game actual play podcast. Your game master is Chris Garvey. You're just overwhelming him. Cooney Guru is played by Blue Richardson. Guru's thoughts are on the death of his parents and the burning of his village. Kitsuki Akira is played by Steve Lanslow Bartolome. They wish to strike a blow against the heart, whether telling or glancing. Yogo Sojibo is played by Bren Thorson. So, what have we learned? And introducing special guest Trevor Cuba as Kakita Onimaru. I just hope you never see some darkness, some unspeakable horror that will shatter your faith and with our show. Following the Mari contest, everybody gathered back in the main suite. Uh, everybody, everybody included Kikita Onimaru, as well as magistrates. Uh, Sai is standing just outside the door, kind of keeping watch on the hall. So, what have we learned? I have, um found some information that might be useful for the investigation. As we've already established, the body that we found, the cleanness of the strike could only have been done with a duelist Aijutsu strike. Uh, No other cut in standard Kenjutsu swordsmanship could produce a cut that clean on purpose. Sword fighting is a very chaotic affair, and even the most premier swordsmen in the Empire uh, are so used to combining attacking with defending that a strike that clean can only be done with intent focus, such as what is done in a Aijutsu dual strike. I myself could do that, possibly. And there's only a handful of people who have the training from Cute and Kikita who could pull that off. Uh, my friend here, Kikita Noburo, um, he is training, but he is not at the level to pull off something like that. I have identified with talking to friends of my own clan that there are two other known trained duelists. Uh, hanging on with the Crane delegation. One is Doji Hoshika. Uh, as I understand it, she is a uh, duelist has been assigned as part of the security detail here during Winter Court. Another is someone I'm not familiar with, a Ronin by the name of Toji. Uh, all I know of him is he has been brought aboard to demonstrate uh, his uh, dueling prowess for everyone. And a bit of correction. 
Uh, Hoshika is male, and it's Koji with a K. Oh, geez. I keep regendering everybody in this game. <laughs> Shuten is a male, right? Because I was convinced it was a female for a long time. Yes. <laughs> okay. And Doji Ibaraki is female. So there are three dojis. I don't think I have a note on Ibaraki because I don't think I, I tend to make notes as they're relevant. Who is Ibaraki? Uh, she was at the archery contest and did not do very well. Okay. So, yeah, Pyra did not write her name down because she did not stand out in any way. But yes, uh, this Rodin Koji seems to have been brought in for his dueling prow, prowess. Uh, a bit unusual. For the crane, we tend to pride ourselves on our own dueling abilities. Uh, I do not know if this individual has trained specifically in the in Kyun Gikita or if he's using another form of Ayajutsu, but uh, he seems to have pressed upon the crane delegation. Mind you all, I'm only bringing uh, this information forth willingly because, above all else, I'm interested in rooting out maho and corruption of the taint wherever it is even if it's in my own clan um this in as you all all know the taint is something that can affect people subconsciously at times so if there is a criminal amongst my own clan they may not be aware of it and i'd rather keep the damage or the influence as minimal as possible until we know more. Very admirable and understandable. As Onimura <laughs> mentions that the taint can be subtle, Groom smiles just a little in knowing. He's like, I have a proposal. It seems that the allegations, or actually I should say the trade talks between the crane and the Yasuki are having issues. While I was talking with Yasuki Shigeru, it was brought up that if we showed these crane the reason for the, how to put it, the manner of the, the trade, it might be advantageous. And if there is someone that is tainted within the group, it might be easier to find out as they see how they react. And then Guru looks is side-eyeing Onimaru to see what his reaction to that is. Onimaru's reaction would just be silent but serious concern. He is going over the numbers of everything and trying to sets out the best course of action. He doesn't seem to be taking anything personally at this point. I, I was going to add, in, in a world where people are very clan loyal, he does seem to be, like, worried about his own clan, but due to his own tainted nature, he's worried about seeking out the corrupted above all else. We will definitely use discretion as much as allowed but i know that sadly some of these if they are tainted they usually don't go down quietly but we will make sure that any crane ties will be stricken from 
the proper record so they may save as much face as possible. And I bow to appropriate to station <laughs> for this. I'll return to bow. I, I thank you. Um, but I can't help but fear if there is taint among the crane. Not only is it bad for my clan, but what is the goal? Why would Amaho Sukai or someone who is under the influence of the Shadowland come to here, cute and heat of all places, during winter court amongst the crane? You're in cute and cooney. Oh, we're in cute and God, Why do I not know any details? Because <laughs> <laughs> we only play like once a month. <laughs> Yeah, there's that. Why would a potentially tainted person in the Crane delegation, already a politically unusual position, come to CUNY, the most dangerous place they could possibly be to be rooted out? What do they have to gain? What is their goal? That is what I should precisely like to find out. I am wondering... Guru, I know how much you hate playing the political games, but I'm wondering if you could put pressure on your master to have me positioned as a mediator for the crane and Yusuki. And perhaps we could get uh, kill two birds with one stone. One edge is one jade strike. Oh, wait, that ain't gonna work right here. Yes. Anyways, yes, I agree. I do not like politics. I want some action. But to answer your question, Onamaru, what would they benefit? For one, who would think that they would be stupid enough to come to Kudin Kuni, where you have the witch hunters, where you have everyone? Who would be stupid enough to think that they would come there? I didn't sight. Yes. And also, what would they gain? Think about what is going on right now. Think about the trade agreements. And this the is. Crab. This is, as um, Kuniguru had said, the heart of the witch hunters, the heart of those that fight against the Shadowlands, against the Tate. They they wish to strike a blow against the heart, whether telling or glancing. As possible. Currently, we've had one death, and if it is brought out, it could be seen as, oh, look. The Kuni can't even keep their guests safe. So there is that. There is also the fact that there is trade agreements are trying to be made. Jade for rice. And, well, if that can never happen, what does it do to the empire? It weakens the empire. Yes, we can all be, oh, the, the crab are better than the phoenix. The crane are better than the lion. The lion are better than the dragon. All of that can be... Stated, but if we're constantly fighting amongst ourselves, we have a common enemy south of this wall that will take that advantage of that internal strife. With the lack of jade magistrates, there is also an advantage to them if no agreements are made can be made between the crab and the crane. Then. The crane will more than likely decide to go to war with the crab to acquire what they need. And of course, the crab will have to defend. But what does that do? That weakens the defense of the wall. 
Uh, question for the GM. Since I've been in uh, Cutie and Cutie for a while, um, I'm, I imagine I'd be fairly used to their security protocols. And also as a crane, I'm used to, anyone who knows about the setting knows that crane and crab do not get along. Were there any laxes in normal security protocols or uh, concessions made due to the political nature of crane dignitaries visiting? Because it's generally insulting when the Cooney shows up and holds Jade's up next to your head. Uh, were they were the were the crane given a pass more than so than other people for this winter court? Uh, when you were going through, uh, they kind of didn't do as much of a thorough check on the Doji, and uh, as well as you guys, uh, the Kakita. So they kind of they were a little lax with the, the crane. Basically playing politics. And I'll relay that. As I, I I think I agree with you, Kuni-san. I wonder if the political nature between our clans may have created a opportunity for treachery to slip in. If the crane delegation was not, if they did not go through the normal security rigors that no, people usually do when entering uh, Cute and Cooney, that could have created an opportunity for someone to get in. Yes. Yes, Sojibo, you say I don't like politics. Unfortunately, hanging around you, I'm having to deal with it a little bit more. <laughs> Yes, but we are glad we have you around in case the politics fail. Yeah, and Guru is looking a little anxious. Is he's tapping his foot just a little? Is it's it's a lot of talking going on, not much action going on. I will talk with my sensei and see if he will appoint you as a liaison or a mediator for the talks. I cannot promise that he will do so, though we being magistrates gives more of a onus onto that. But Omoru, what do you think about discussing with your family, your clan, about taking a trip south of the wall to do some, oh, not quite a 20 goblin winter, but to call the herd down there. Let them see what is south of the wall. If not, if you can't get them south of the wall, maybe just to the wall would be enough. Well, it is certainly a possibility. Uh, as I understand it, most of the delegation here are just that. It's a delegation of diplomats with security detail. These are not the Daidoji Iron Warriors here to serve. Um, with the proper context, Maybe as the pretext of a, uh, a trip or maybe as part of the winter court uh, celebrations, if you can call it that. Um, there's certainly a possibility. I don't know how many would be willing to do it, but it's it's worth an attempt. I can see, because we have some, some Ronin here, but I can talk with my sensei about calling a 20 goblin winter. For those who wish to participate, I am not sure if you understand the the onus of the Twenty Goblin Winter on tomorrow, for it is typically mostly dealt within the crab. I've heard of it, but I'm not privy to the details. What is a Twenty Goblin Winter? Any 
Ronin who wishes to no longer be Ronin can go into the Shadowlands and kill 20 goblins, bring back their heads, and be inducted into the Crab Clan. It is a way to, one, show that they have the metal to defend the Empire, two, allow them to have purpose rather than just traveling around aimlessly. And it does help to shorten or cut the, the foes down. Sometimes some of them do take out an Oni, but it's not that is not what they are aimed towards. Sounds like a reasonable career opportunity for anyone who is strong with a strong sword arm. Yes, it is. And it's not just the sword arm. A Someone can, that is an archer could do the same thing. I know the Kikita deal with the katana, but we crab, we don't see the katana as being the only weapon or the best weapon. There are many of the Shadowlands that the katana wouldn't hurt, but you get a, a dice or a, the hammer. Tatsubo? No. No. An oh, 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 there you go, the Ono. You get an Ono, or even a Tetsubo, and you can crack their carapaces so you can get to the actual meat of their flesh. And then the blade can go in if the Ono or the Tetsubo hasn't already cracked into their bodies. Well, that's all well and good for manning the wall with strong capable bodies granted something the wall is always in need of but I some might argue that is that a proper way to become samurai I mean to be samurai is more than just being a strong and martial character there's culture there's education there's duty Guru looks around the, the room at not at anyone but at the fixtures, the furnishings in the room in the in this area, yes, there is culture and there is all of that for the great clans, the great families. But the vassal families also need people. They need bodies. If you don't have a, the bodies to defend a town, that town gets wiped out. If you don't have the bodies to keep up the families, the families wither and die away. Becoming a Samurai through a 20 Goblin Winter can help the vassal families stay and propagate. So if you look at it as not as, oh, we have to have all of this courtliness, but we have the samurai as a servant serving the lords, the samurai as a defender defending the people. Yes, we have Ashigaru, but are, do we take all the Ashigaru to man the wall and leave the fields to flounder? No. We leave the Ashigaru to harvest the rice, plant the crops, while we have samurai to defend those villages, defend the empire. It does not really work for most of the clans within the interior of the empire because you are, your families stay in, you propagate through regular means. On the wall, there's a lot more danger, a lot more death. So if you have a vessel family of 200 that loses 75% in one winter, do you let that vassal family die? Or do you allow others to come in 
to gain a station, to become what they desire. They are not a great family. They're a vassal. Well, you certainly won't find any argument against me for the need for military might, especially against the endless hordes of the Shadowlands. I only posit that there is more to rulership of the samurai castes as well as more to life than military and warfare. If anything, I look around the room and stuff. Places like these need the fineries of life more than anywhere else to remind everyone what's worth fighting for. Guru chuckles a little at that. You know, all I have to do is go out to the village, see the children playing, go to the barracks, see my brothers and sisters there, go to the rest of the empire, see the peasants toiling, see their children playing, see the children of, Sa of great clan samurai playing, to know why I fight. The courts, court politics to me is worth as much as sitting in a hand. Yes. It wets the hand, it can keep it from drying, and it's necessary. But politics at times is no more than a spit. It's just a refuse at times, because if you have no defense, politics won't do anything. Brian talking Oni to not attack. I agree, politics and the court have their place. But if you're all your if you look at, oh, we have to have that politics, look at the trade agreement right now. The Cray needs something. The crab needs something, and fortunately, we are butting heads because of politics. Yes, each side wants to get one up on the other. I say that is bunk, because if the crab get one up on the crane to the point where the crane aren't able to survive, then we've weakened the empire. If the crane get one up on the crab, well, the crab can't survive, then we weaken the empire. My aspect is for the empire to defend the lands and its people. Yeah. Guru's leg is twitching a little because yes, he is nervous. I was I, I hope you maintain your stalwart position. It is admirable, to say the least. I just hope you never see some darkness, some unspeakable horror that will shatter your faith and make you wonder what it's all worth fighting for. Oh, we've seen things like that. As you state the unspeakable horror, Gru seems to become, become contemplative. You can actually visibly see him withdraw into himself. And look at that. We have seen things like that. On another note, uh, Kuni-san, I think I might need some more um, endurance training. Uh, would you care to uh, wrestle? It takes a few moments before he actually comes out. Yes. I would. But before we go, you haven't said what you have found. Ah, Asaka Yume. She is an interesting woman. She has uh, she has her head in the clouds. She is currently reading pillow books. She's a little bit quiet, a little bit flighty, but I'm not sure she has too much to do with this, but if it is an act, it is a very good act. Mm. I see. So shall we go? And as he, as he says that, he rolls his shoulders. Mm. Is he doing some stretching all there? Little half smiles. Yes, it, uh, it appears that you need to hit something, and 
I still need a little endurance training. Kangaroo walks out. As Guru walks out, I call out to him, just like, uh, Kuri-san, uh, please remember, we are not in Toshigoku. We live as men more than endless warfare. Like Guru's about to say something, but just walks away. Pause at the door, look back at um, Onimaru, and kind of smile. It is all he knows. And I wouldn't have him any other way and head up. So it's going to be late afternoon here in the training fields. And you find a space for you guys to uh, practice some wrestling. Around you are, uh, of course, some people practicing their archery. Uh, The general groups of Haruma and Hida that are at the castle practicing their own martial skills. Uh, So there's the clamor of weaponry all around you. Uh, You find a spot to practice, and as you've been going through some of the moves, you've garnered a little bit of attention from passersby. So when Guru got over there, he basically removed the top, so just in his hakama, and he, during the wrestling, he doesn't give uh an inch would expect him to okay it seems that his he is distracted a bit and uh it's distracted enough that he's not pulling anything why don't both of you roll a contested uh martial arts brawl i mean unarmed unarmed yes so you're just up against each other for this role and yes oh I am wow earth same here uh <laughs> Okay, uh... You weren't kidding when uh, you said Cooney isn't holding anything back. Nope, one second. So, let's see, it's one, two, three, four, five. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I'm going to be rolling one more time. But, so on the first roll, I kept the two, uh, two blacks with the exploiting success and, and strife. Not two strife there, but I kept the, and I kept the skill die with the opportunity. Next roll, I got explain success with a strife and an opportunity. Next roll, I got explain success with a strife. So I'm at four strife currently. Okay, so now I got to scroll up. So that would be one, two, three, four, five, six successes. Four strife and two opportunities. All right, let's start with what do you want to do with those opportunities? He's going to actually, I'm going to use the opportunity to cancel two of the strife. So he's not going, actually, I take that back. Let's see, what can I use opportunities on in Earth? Did you get any strife there, Steve? Um, One strife, yes. Okay, I'm going to use one of the Earth. Well, two strife, actually. Okay, works perfect. As we're, as we're going through... Use one of those one of the opportunities to reassure, reassure him. So, because even though I am not holding back, I am still trying to teach. So, I'm going to remove two of your strife. And, uh, and then, like I said, I'll do the other one just to take off one of the strife. So, I get have three strife, which I never had to do something. But yeah, six successes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. These Guru's thoughts are on the death of his parents and the burning of his village. And probably a few times there, he's his mind goes to that he's actually rest fighting with one of them, which is why it's, he doesn't hold back. All right. I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if, uh, 
Akira will be getting any damage from that. This is basically why he asked you to um, spar. Is he knew you need to hit something and <clears throat> uh, calm down, and the best way for you to calm down is to hit something. So I'm assuming, Chris, this is supposed to be the rules for the full sparring time frame. Yes. Yeah, you're not yeah. rolling multiple times. I'm just. This is kind of the overall arc of the spar. You're just overwhelming him. Uh, he gets, you know, a little bit of licks in, but for the most part, you're just completely overwhelming Kitsuki Akira. And I'm smiling um, the whole time. This is exactly what he needs. Splinters of Jade is a work of fiction and is not affiliated with Edge Entertainment, Fantasy Flight Games, or Esmond International. Music is used with permission from Darren Curtis. More of his music can be found on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, or his website, darrencurtismusic.com. Our logo was designed by Nix and Amelia. More of her art can be found on Etsy. Recording, editing, and sound design is by Bren Thorson. Story is conceived by Chris Garvey. You can follow us on Twitter at at SodgePodgeRPG, Facebook at facebook.com backslash SodgePodgeRPG, and SodgePodgeRPG.podbean.com. You can message us at SodgePodgeRPG at gmail.com. Please leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your podcast player of choice. Thank you for listening, and remember, if you can't craft J-Strike it, craft it with Earth.